Welcome to Active Christianity's Living the Gospel podcast. Join us as we talk about how we can live the gospel every day, no matter who we are, where we live, and what our circumstances are. Welcome to this episode of Living the Gospel. I am Eunice and I'm here with Milenko. Hi, everyone. And we are on our Parables of Jesus series today. And today we're going to talk about the parables of the ten virgins, as it's written in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. And you know, as I was reading this, it just hit me that this is a really, really serious parable. And Jesus told told his disciples this parable, and it's written in the Bible, I think, as a warning and also for us to realize actually how serious it is. Mm. And uh, it's also, on the other hand, it's it's actually a really, really uplifting mm-hmm. and very, very hopeful parable. Yeah. So that's what we really want to bring out here today. And it's, it's, it's called the parable of the ten virgins. It's also called the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking at that and some of the pictures Jesus uses in the parable, Mm -hmm. like uh, the virgins, the oil, lamps, vessels, that kind of thing. Mm. So maybe we can start by reading the parable. This is a story Jesus told in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, which is the parable of the ten virgins. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Mm. And Jesus tells this parable when he's on the Mount of Olives, and he tells it to his disciples when they were asking about the end times and things like that. So that's re- so this parable is related to that topic. And it's interesting that he he says 10 virgins. He could have said 10 women or whatever. And what do you think actually he meant by 10 virgins? Well, it's a symbol of purity. So we can say all of them were Christians. All of them had given their life to God. They said they wanted to be Christians. They put their life in order. Mm-hmm. They were pure Mm. And uh, that's showed by their life. So this is a story about Christians. It's not about just anybody. It's about people who who are living a good life, mm. as, at least on the outside. Mm-hmm. So if we just take a few of those different things, we uh, we talk about lamps, mm. uh, and a lamp is used to shine. It's a light. So this is what you can see on the outside. It's it's what people can see. Mm. Your confession of faith. For example, no. or your good works, mm. outward good works. It's your um, a Christian life that you can see. Right. Uh, and it, it's something we all need to have. All virgins, that is to say all Christians, need to have this shining light. Otherwise, some people would say you're not a Christian. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that would mean you're doing works in darkness, right, if yeah. you haven't got that. So it is 
the result of us making a decision that is that we want to live this good life. Mm. And you can say that's the, that's the oil that's used to burn to make that light. Mm. When you look further on in the um, in the parable, you see how important the oil is. That's the that's what's of the essence. That was the difference, right? <laughs> and if you're thinking about the picture Jesus uses, is oil, which was olive oil, and mm. that's where in practical life you got the olives, you crushed them, and in a long process you have to go through several different uh, different um, steps before you get the oil that you can use to burn in a lamp. But what does that mean in our life? Something has to be crushed there too, mm. obviously. And in the New Covenant, when we read about uh, what the New Covenant's all about, it's about obeying Jesus' commandments, which is denying myself, my self-will, the lusts in myself. And you can say that's that crushing. Mm-hmm. And out of that crushing comes oil. And that oil is then used to have this light shining outward. It's not just something that I that I um, do out of my own strength, but it's the result of something being crushed, mm-hmm. and that's my self-will. So you're saying that, the, well, the difference between these two virgins is that, these two type of virgins is that the wise virgins had a lot more of this oil that they, they had crushed their self-will a lot more mm-hmm. than the foolish virgins. The, to to be able to shine as a light, you have to deny yourself. Yeah, in right? one way or another. Because, because you do. Some, someone, for example, uh, says something that you don't like and then you have to deny yourself not to answer back, right? And then you're, you are peaceful and calm and that's a shining light, mm. you can say. Mm. And that's what Christians do. That's a Christian life. And mm. there's a lot of examples like that. We can uh, think about lots of different, different situations in life. But there was a difference between these two because there was a time when they had been in a period of darkness, they'd been sleeping, we can get back to that, but then the they all woke up because now was the time the bridegroom was coming. You can say, okay, now's the time that we're going to go in to meet our master Jesus. And the, the five foolish virgins suddenly didn't have enough oil for their lamps to be burning. Mm-hmm. And that's what was required. That was in a way their ticket into, into heaven was that they had this burning this burning lamp. And they said, we don't have enough. Can you help us? Mm. And the five wise ones couldn't help them. They had to go and do it themselves. But what, what was the difference between those two? Well, the five wise also had oil in their vessels. So they had a surplus of oil. Mm. And where did that come from? And that's the interesting question. Isn't it enough to like live this good life that people can see and that, you know, you're a light. That's what we're supposed to be, you know, a light shining in the darkness. Mm. But no, here there was something else. And that, that's the interesting question. Where does that oil come from? So there's like, um, Sigurd Bradley, he writes about this in his book, The Bride and the Harlot. And he writes it so, so clearly, actually. I actually, I think I think we should just read it. Mm. He He says that, Even the five foolish virgins will deny themselves in trials so that their lamps shine and people cannot judge them. But then they're satisfied. It doesn't occur to them that that little drop of oil they received at that moment is also burnt up in the same instant. But then he says, This does not satisfy the wise virgins. When their trial was over, they reflected on what they had done. In quietness before God's face, they were able to see themselves, the human nature, and they crushed it. 
and, and this is and this is what it is to have oil in a vessel. He says here, they had no need for their lamps now because there was no one to shine for, and the oil they received from this crushing went into their vessels. This is the hidden life with Christ in God. Mm. There's a lot more to that out than that outward thing. There's something mm. on the inside, and that that's what's interesting here. That's where a true disciple of Jesus is interested in finding. What does God want to do in my life? And this is when we talk about salvation. We've talked about this many times before in in the podcast. What salvation is? There's a salvation through through forgiveness, and then there's that you start living this outward life. But then we come to what Paul calls being saved to the uttermost, and that is that the very root of sin, the the source of all these uh, things that come up in me, that that is actually found. Mm. And brought into what Paul calls the death of Christ, that it's denied, that it's crushed, you can say, and put to death. Uh, that's the word of the cross that Jesus talks about as being a disciple to take up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow me. Mm. That's what this is about. And you can to to use some practical examples. Maybe you maybe you have like um, come to this that you've denied yourself, so you don't answer back, and you you keep. The peace. Uh, the peace. Yeah. But then you begin to see, when you reflect on that situation, you begin to see that deep down there was a lot more than just that first reaction. There's demands on the others. There's, there's pride. Mm-hmm. There's these, there's this being offended mm-hmm. that, that lives really deep. Maybe it takes a while before you even get to see it. Yeah. It sort of stirs there and then suddenly later it comes up again. And there, that's your opportunity. No one sees it. It's not something that is obvious for anyone. But there you find this is sin in me. This is something that goes against God's will. And now God's will for me is that I take up my cross and I bring this into death. And through this power of the Holy Spirit, you do that. Mm. You crush it. And instead of that offendedness and the, that hardness and those demands living in you, something else comes. There's a progression. There's, there's a, a progression, exactly. And and I think that's this where... That's where the mindset actually of a wise and foolish virgin becomes clear. Like he, I, it doesn't say that in the parable, but I can imagine that the wise virgin was very, very interested in finding more of how, how what more of what they could judge in themselves, and more of how God's Jesus's life could shine forth from them. It's not like they. I thought about this for myself too. You know, it's easy to forget when you when you are. You, you you live a good Christian life and you have you have a good testimony before people. You know, no one can judge you in that way and say that you did something that wasn't quite on the line. But I mean, but but the huge difference is, is I I can go home and I can be kind of happy and you know go on with life, or I can go home and in those quiet moments in my room when. When I when I think about the day and and when I have a connection with God and then He reviews things that I wouldn't have seen if I had just been happy with what I've done, hmm. and, and those are the moments Bradley writes about in quietness before God's face. They see themselves and they crush their human nature, hmm. and and for me that was that was a real help to read that. So we also touched on this before then, that it takes time to get this oil in the vessel. And that's why the virgins, they couldn't just go out and buy oil in, in, the, in right. the moment, right? Right. It doesn't work like that. No, it's, it's actually, we've been given this life. Paul writes about that, that we've got prepared works that we should walk in. 
That's yeah. something that God has given us. He's prepared things for us to do in our life. He wants to have results from our situations. Mm. This is something that He's very carefully planned so that the sum of our life really should be all this oil in a vessel. Mm. And if if we don't use those opportunities, if we really don't listen to the Spirit reminding us, showing us what's deeper down, what's what's the root of this sin, then we then we that opportunity passes. Then we move on to a new one, but that opportunity has passed. Mm. And we really need to see this as something really serious that we use our time, that we that we purchase the time, as Paul writes, by crushing our olives, you could say, to use that picture. Yeah. The the five foolish, they they woke up. There was a time of darkness. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened there, but they all fell asleep. Mm. So it's quite likely that that's a, a sign of that Christianity maybe is repressed or that there's opportunities where you can't work, you can't practice your Christianity yeah. openly. I don't know. It's something. It It's probably something like that. Mm. And so th- there was a period when they were all, in a way, slumbering. It was doesn't mean that they weren't living as Christians. It was just... Their lights couldn't shine. They, it wasn't they, allowed to. They weren't to able to shine yeah. in that way for people. Yeah. And then then suddenly the, the call came. The bridegroom is coming, right? So that, that means the time was come that they were to leave the earth and yeah. move into heaven. Yeah. And then suddenly when they trimmed their lamps so they... They cut the wicks so that it would shine more brightly and so on. Suddenly the five foolish realized we don't have enough oil in our lamps. It's not burning anymore. The lights are going out. And what do we do now? There was no opportunity now in this situation to get oil. And so they, they said, the five wise, they had oil. Can you can you give us some? Your lamps are bright, burning brightly. Can you give us some of your oil? But that wasn't possible. It's something that, I, that oil can only be found in my own life, in my situations, the oil that I am to use mm-hmm. for my lamp. And so they well, they went off to try and buy some. And uh, Where would you go to buy Where some? would you go to buy that? <laughs> but I think a lot of Christians are used to this, that they can they can very quickly get good feelings or they can, uh, they can be really stirred up, they can become enthusiastic by the Holy Spirit, right? They receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is given as a gift. God gives good gifts to those who ask, yeah. and He wants to help us, and He gives us the Holy Spirit. And Christians experience that, and they get this tremendous joy in themselves, and they get this enthusiasm, which keeps them going for a while. And mm-hmm. then it starts, you know, if you don't follow it up, it starts to fade. So you have to get this new mm-hmm. uh, refill, you can say. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people live this life. I think this is this is a situation like that where they thought, well, we can just go back and get some more. But the t- thing is, now was the end of this time, this dispensation, and now was the time that the Holy Spirit had done its work on earth. Yeah. So there wasn't opportunity to get that anymore, and it wouldn't, wouldn't be enough anyway. What was needed was that you had that oil in your lamp. That's what that's what the bridegroom wanted to see, that you'd prepared yourself, that you'd used the opportunities you had, that you'd you'd made use of every situation that God had prepared for you to get that oil. Mm. But then that but that's what's so serious about this is that the five foolish virgins, they went off to try and buy oil, then they come running back. Then they're too late. And it's too late. The door's closed. And when they knock, the bridegroom comes out and says these terrible words. I don't know you. Mm. And why, why is it that the bridegroom can say that? It seems so hard. It seems so harsh. Mm. You know, these people, they were Christians, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Well, 
I thought of it too, like in a in a normal sense. If you love somebody and you do all these good deeds for them, but you never talk to them, you don't actually know them in a way. Then that person can't say they really know you, and and I think that that might be why Jesus didn't know them because he didn't have a relationship with them. He hadn't, they hadn't sought him in their quietness or were interested in being more like him. So naturally, he didn't know them. Hmm. I I totally agree, and it's it's um, Paul actually writes about this in Philippians three, where he talks about his own hope. He say he sees that it's not enough to have this outward appearance. He really, he really take a, has a showdown with himself in Philippians chapter three. It's not enough with all this, this good outward life being a, you know, a light in that way. Mm. He says, I have to, I have to go further down. There's something else I need to lay hold of. And then, he, then he says that in um, Philippians chapter three, in verse ten, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. So this is how we get to know Jesus mm. and to get to know the power of his resurrection, which is actually that's eternal life for us, mm. entering into heaven, getting the, the door open for us. That's the power of resurrection. How do I get that? It says through the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death being made like him in his death. And then we we understand that's not a physical death on Calvary, but this is the death over sin in my life. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus did, who was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So sin was crushed in his life. That's the same thing for me. That's when I get to know Jesus. And as we read there in John, he says, I will love him and my father will love him and I will manifest myself for him. And it says a bit further in the same chapter that we, as God and I, we will come and dwell with you. That's something quite different than the door opening saying, I don't know you. Mm. You don't know him if you haven't lived that life that he lived, if you don't follow him in his footsteps. No matter how good your outward appearance is, it's not enough. You can also get forgiveness, obviously. This is something God... God is so loving and merciful and Jesus is so full of grace and mercy that people can receive forgiveness if they ask for it and still get this entrance into life. But it's something quite different than being known by Jesus and known by the Father and them coming to dwell with us. That means that we already get that taste of that eternity here on earth. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So that, that when we meet him on that day, it's not just as if, oh, we have to try and introduce ourselves, then it's too late. He has to open the door and say, here you are, finally. I've, we can meet each other. So instead of this becoming this really heavy and dark parable, mm. we, we have to look at the other side of it, what we have opportunity for now in this time of grace. While it's still light, mm-hmm. what can we do? I think it, I think it's probably not so strange for people for for us to be a little bit scared when we think about the end times. Like I remember as a child, my we we had this painting of a uh, ten virgins on our wall at home actually, <laughs> and then I remember as a child looking at it, and I was like, "This is kind of scary, actually." Yeah. Um, but what would you say to uh, you know a young person or even an older person, you know, listening to this and thinking like, "Okay, well, this is very serious." Um, it's actually kind of scary. What if I end up being one of the wise, uh, mm. the foolish virgins? Mm. And it, it is serious. There's yeah. no doubt about it. That's why Jesus speaks like this. Mm. And it's reality. This is Jesus trying to wake us up mm. 
to something and we have to take this seriously. But we haven't been given a spirit of fear, says Paul, mm. but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And what's that spirit of love? That is that I keep his commandments. So this, this thing that I don't have oil in my vessel and that I wake up and find out, oh, I've been living my life in vain, we shouldn't have to fear that because it's never, a, it's never the, the result of a misunderstanding mm. that I don't have oil in my vessels. It's conscious that you didn't want to do it. It's always the result of a conscious decision where I've been reminded where I put it off yeah. or I don't see that as so important. It's enough with that outward life. But I, I think it's, it's just an inner, this laziness not to take up my cross, not to do something about what people can't see because yeah. it, it, it's, it's something, it, it costs something, it costs my life. It's something I have, to, I have to fight, I have to battle, I have to suffer. That's the fellowship of his sufferings, that I deny my own will, mm. where people can't see it, where I don't get any, any uh, acknowledgement. Mm. The thing is, who am I looking for? Whose acknowledgement am I looking for? Is it, is it enough that people see that light and then I'm happy? Or do I want to come to that door that is open and be received with open arms? That's the acknowledgement I should be living for because I love Jesus. That means that I reflect, that I listen to the Spirit. I'm interested in reading God's Word, interested to getting to know Jesus. Interested in changing, that I don't want to just be the same person all my life. Hmm. I, I hope that this episode has brought a seriousness in our hearts. I know it has for me. And also like a real hope, like the spirit of expectation actually does change your life. You, hmm. you look forward to meeting the... Jesus whom you love, mm. <laughs> and life becomes super interesting. Yeah. It can be refreshing every day. Yeah. So if we do this, then we've got this most exciting life we can live on earth with this fantastic future ahead of us. Think of that door opening. And Jesus saying, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Come in. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what, another parable, but it's the same thing. Uh-huh. We come in and we can have a, a vessel full of oil that burns brightly into eternity. So thank you for listening today. Yeah, let's go out and do this. And uh, all the best to all of our listeners. Have a great week. Bye.